0: You know you're getting your all your teachers out there. You know you're getting your class into shape when you get up before the class and it goes quiet. It took a while with my high school kids, but they finally caught on, too, that when Mr. Johnson stood up in your classroom you went quiet, and they did. But Obviously, it's nothing like that, but thank you. Um, we're in Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21. We'll start. I'm going to do just a touch of review. I don't like to... Been too much of class reviewing uh, because you never get caught up once you start that Um, but i'm gonna do a little bit and then we'll start down uh, around verse nine or ten somewhere in that neighborhood before we do though we're going to have a short prayer before we start almighty god in heaven thank you thank you for being you and thank you for jesus and we get such a thrill out of reading even even symbolic language we enjoy reading about uh, heaven and the church and all the beauties of it that our mind can comprehend we know it'll be much better and much greater than anything we can understand here thank you so much for Jesus who makes it all possible in his name amen <clears throat> the end of chapter 20 we, t- we talked about, let me just read 14 and 15, just real quickly. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And <clears throat> there are some people in the, in the, religious people who believe that, that um, heaven will last forever, but not hell. That a merciful God wouldn't wouldn't consign people to hell forever. Well, I want to look just real quickly with you one verse because I had a had a question about that after on Sunday. Go back to um, Matthew twenty five forty six. Matthew 25, 46. Of course, Jesus talking here, and he, remember the context. Well, because I look at context, I was hungry and you fed me and thirsty and you, you gave me drink, and then to the ones that were lost, they said, we never saw you like that, Lord. Well, and then he says in verse 46, <clears throat> and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Why the translators, of course it means, means about the same thing, but uh, can be, it can be confusing to some people. The word everlasting, punishment, and the word eternal are the same identical Greek word. Identical. So heaven is going to la- or hell is going to last just as long as heaven does. So don't let the two different words there confuse you. I'm not sure what their motivation was, but it's the same Greek word, identical, that they'll both last the same amount of time. There's not a reprieve. You're not going to get a place by the door. Maybe to have a cool, cool breeze come in. It's a horrible place and it's going to last for eternity. Same words. I just wanted to throw that out uh, on the question I had on Sunday. Um, <clears throat> chapter 21, remember that Revelation is symbolic. We, we all, I think, 100% agree that the book Revelation is, is symbolic. Um, yet these symbols mean something. And they're there to be understood to the best that we can. We don't understand everything. Don't claim to don't claim to do that. Um, but we're going to talk tonight about this um, New Jerusalem and the symbolism of, and, and just a just a beautiful picture that our little minds can understand. And heaven's going to be. Who knows? A million times better than that. But this is we can understand. So um, remember that the beginning of twenty-one. There are there are three main points that we want to get. God wants us to see. <clears throat> pardon me. The fellowship with Him. The first part of chapter twenty-one. We understand God's f- us having fellowship with God. You remember He says. In fact, let me ask the question. It'd be better to ask the question. Um, what sort of symbolism indicate our fellowship with him? What, what are some phrases or some sentences there that would indicate our fellowship with him and the wonderful nature of that? Uh, I'm sorry? The tabernacle. the tabernacle. Okay, Sean, help me there. And probably the word, I think, that symbolizes all of this is perfect, complete. This, this perfect fellowship with God. Do we have fellowship with God now And We do. We, we do, for sure. Um, it's going to be perfected in heaven. In fact, he says not only this tabernacle, there's a literal tabernacle in the Old Testament and the type, if you will, anti-type. And then now we've got this, this uh, tabernacle, this symbolic tabernacle where God is gonna dwell with us. And we're gonna dwell with, with him. Okay, this, this a fellowship also, uh, tell me about verse four. Uh, how would that uh, apply to maybe fellowship with God? Anybody in here ever been sorrowful, crying, tearful, um, uh, had any pain, and so on? Of course, we all have. And if you haven't, it's headed your way. Um, What does he say about that within this perfect relationship that we'll have with him in this place called the New Jerusalem or heaven? It's not going to exist anymore. It's not going to exist. The causes I think I told you that a little, little funny about the little girl that said, "Well, God must have a big handkerchief if he's going to keep everybody's tears dried up." No. Well, he could. But there's the causes of sorrow and pain and crying, the causes not going to be there. Yeah. Not going to be there. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Tony, real quick. I've got to move. So it's basically any negative emotion, OK. Yes. That's an excellent point, actually. It's a very, very good point, Tony. So we won't get sad or mad or mad? No, uh, there's not gonna be any sadness there because not gonna be any causes of sadness. Good point, I, I like that point a lot, Tony. Um, and It says these things, we used to have those things, but now they've passed away. And then he goes on to say in verse 5, Behold, I make all things new. What, what do you think that means, new? I behold, I make all things new. It's different, from today. it's different from today. That's probably a good way to say it, Michelle. It, it, it's, those things are our past. They're not going to be where we're headed. Not, none of that. Now he, he talks about... Uh, you know, the, at least I talk about protection by God. Give me some, some thoughts starting with verse oh, 6 and 7 and 8. How is he going to protect us, uh, so to speak? Uh, protection. Anybody get thirsty today? In Arizona, um, we've got a brother moving here to start dental school at ASU. Uh, Alex, right? I was close, <laughs> Andy Andy and his family. Make sure you meet them, by the way. Um, Andy, one thing here, the humidity is so high in Florida, you can just drink water by sticking your tongue out. Um, there's, after you get through July, uh, maybe, well, maybe part of August, it gets bone dry here. And you have to drink water, even when you're not thirsty. Otherwise, you, you can dehydrate very quickly here. Um, well, are we going to get th- thirsty, so to speak, there? God is going to, he provides for us. And so we're not going to have these physical appetites, if you will, thirst, hunger, all of that. Another thing here, when you go outside, you'll see very quickly that this sun will burn your face off, uh, fairly quickly fairly quickly. What about the sun there? We gonna need sunscreen there? No. It's only 70 degrees there. Par- oh, say it again. So it'll be only 70 degrees there. Well, it may be. I don't know. Uh, who's gonna be the light there? God Himself and His Son. And we're gonna to get to it in a little bit this huge expanse that he identifies with us, with this 1,400 miles, in our term, miles. Can you imagine the, that the radiance that he will, he has and his son has to reflect for, in our minds, symbolical, 1,400 miles? And he doesn't burn us? I mean, uh, all, the, all these beautiful stones we're gonna read about in a few minutes. When do stones sparkle in the dark? When do all these beautiful stones, when are they at their brightest and the most brilliant? In the light. In the light. So he's going to provide the light. He's going to provide the sustenance. What's going to be, what kind of, what are we going to eat there? (laughs) This tree of life. We understand trees. We understand fruit that are on trees. He's gonna have the tree of life. Have we read about the tree of life before? Where? In Genesis in the Garden of Eden, he removed that. Well, we're gonna have access to that tree of life uh, in in heaven. Um, Verse seven, he who overcomes, what does that imply? A A challenge, I like that. Effort, I like that. So, faith, victory, perseverance, I love all of these words. Some of them I didn't have written down myself, but I like them. I like them a lot. Um, he who overcomes, that implies very strongly there's something to be overcome. And that implies all these words that you mentioned, it's it's not an easy road, is it? It's not easy. Lord never says it's going to be easy. He just says it's going to be worth it. There's the difference. There's the difference. And then in verse 7 he says, I will be his God and he shall be my son or he sh- she shall be my daughters. Same, same kind of idea. I will be his son and I will be his daughter and they shall be my children. He'll be our God and he'll live with us. Isn't that really what heaven's all about? All these beautiful diamonds and all, oh, oh boy, I love that. Well, not really. Diamonds. That usually costs money, but uh, <laughs> I didn't say that, Bracca. Um, all these beautiful things are just symbols of the perfect relationship that we'll have with him. And it'll be Forever. So if you're going through rough patches in your life, we've all been there, maybe you're going through them now, hang in there. It, it's, it's going to be worth it at the end. In verse 8, we, we, real quickly, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murders, the, all the All of that. Um, It's like he has all these beautiful things for us, verse after verse, after verse, after verse, and he has that one verse, well it's actually two verses, one at the end, where he says, now this is what's going to happen to all these people, don't be one of them, don't be fearful in my my work in the kingdom, you can't be fearful or cowardly, he's talking about us, and he said you don't want any part of this other because uh, that's the second death, that's the Hadean realm. That, that, that's hell. That's Gehenna hell uh, at the end. Okay. Verse uh, questions or co- Yes, ma'am. It's our choice, and don't we have choices? I'm sure uh, you teachers and all of that, uh, we, I, you've probably given the speech before. Now guys, you go, that's your choice, but there are repercussions, there are consequences of your choices. Uh, that's, let's call that life. Uh, but there are choices for our, there are consequences for our choices. And, uh, and God very clearly spells that out. You do what you want, Mitch? But I'm going to tell you, there's consequences at the end. And you don't want to be, and you get to the book of Jude, when it talks about the blackness of darkness of hell. We're going to be, it's going to be a place of fire, but yet it's going to be dark. You know what we, people are afraid of in this life? Darkness, fire, and drowning. And he's used all three of those in his, in his punishment over the, over the millennia. Okay, verse 9 said, come and I'll show you the bride. Who's the bride? The bride of Christ. The church. The church. We, we, we looked at several, several verses uh, there. You can go to Galatians 4.26, book of Hebrews. It's just the, 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 the bride of Christ, e- Ephesians. Book of Ephesians, it talks about uh, the church being the bride of Christ. He said, come with me. This angel said, come with me, I'm going to show you something. And he carried me away, verse 10, and he carried me away in the spirit. So did he physically go there bodily? No, he didn't. He went there in spirit. Uh, to a great high mountain, and he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Uh, if you want to take some notes, Hebrews 12, 22 goes along with that. Ephesians 5, 25. If we have time, we may come back to those three. Ephesians 4, 26, and, and so on having the glory of God, the city having the glory of God, where does this city get all of its benefits? God himself, God himself. And it's interesting that uh, God is described, well, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Go back to Revelation four and verse three, just go back a few few pages. Revelation four, he talks about a jasper stone Um, Let's look at 4 and verse 3. Talking about God here. The Godhead. And he who sat there was like a jasper. Interesting. And a sardis sardis stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne. In appearance like an emerald. What color is emerald? Generally. Green. Green. What about... um, Sardius, Sardis, Sardis. It, it, it's a red. I'll give you a tip. It's red. and then what about Jasper? It's kind of a cream color, a white color. sometimes it, almost always the white is mixed with another color, generally a red, but not always. So we, we see it in Revelation four, when he talks about God himself, his appearance because no one's ever seen him and lived, that he was like a like a, um, a jasper stone, a jasper stone. Um, this red cream blend. Um, um, the, 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 the emeralds and all of these beautiful things. And now, have, onyx, is onyx a clear stone? Not even close. Well, this says it is. So, to get any stone to look like it's clear, what 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 is required of that? Purity, light, polished. It's polished to a level that we cannot understand, and we're going to see that with gold. Gold is the the heaviest metal. If I read my uh, read the internet article I was reading about it, the next nearest metal is six times lighter than gold. Now, is gold clear? Well, the Bible says it is in this picture. It's polished to such a high luster, to a high degree, that it appears to be clear. That's that's for our our mental ability to be able to understand the beauty of the place that that God calls heaven. Uh, She had a great and high wall with 12 gates. 12, is that a Bible number? Oh, yeah. 12 apostles, 12 tribes of Israel. What about multiples of 12? We're going to see that in a minute. 12, 12 squared, 12 times 12, 144, and 144. We're going to look at that in a second. 12 is a Bible number, big-time Bible number and and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them which are the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. We've all been to cities, monuments where uh, the person being honored, the names are engraved. He says that the 12 apostles. Names are on on that, so there's a place of honor, if you will, uh, there. There are 12 gates. How are they arranged? 11 on one side, one on another. That's probably be easier. Facetious. Spread three on each side. The symmetry that we're going to see is that God's very symmetrical and we very detailed. We saw that when they did the tabernacle and the temple, didn't we? very detailed, very symmetrical, very proportional. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. <clears throat> what does that indicate? Now, is this place in heaven with that the that symbology that we're looking at here going to be gates there? I don't know. I we got to get in some way. Uh, but it It indicates access from every direction. They call that back in the early part of the book, um, the four winds. What did the four winds indicate? All of the earth, all of the earth. So it could indicate that, I wouldn't get hung up on that. Access for all the nations. Access for all the nations. Access for all the nations. Now, thank you. That was good, Gary. Now, the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb, honoring them. Now, have you ever seen a wall with 12 foundations? I never have. Um, I'm not sure it means that, but I wouldn't get argumentative about it. This this city that's 1,400 miles for for our mental ability, 1,400 miles high, 1,400 miles long, 1,400 miles, a perfect cube with gates, can you imagine how big those gates would have to be to stay proportional? Some, uh, I was reading about some architect wrote that the gate would have to be 200 feet high and 100 feet wide for a, to set on a foundation that's 216 feet wide, and that went 1,400 miles high, so you can, now, there's a, we're going to see in a little bit that, I'm coming, Dennis, I see the frown on your face, it'll all be good. Uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Dennis. Would, would the 12 be 12 would we say- uh, How does a, how's a wall built on 12 foundations? Physically, for our, for our mind. Could be. I, I, don't, I don't argue with that. I've read by, and it's almost evenly split, Dennis, and what you said could very well be correct, and that'd and, and be good. Some say it's one foundation, and all these stones are stones within that, embedded in that foundation, all these beautiful blues and purples and yellows. I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Don, you got a thought on that? Go back to what uh, Sean said initially and look at the tabernacle. And when you get into that number 12 and you start saying the 12 tribes of Israel, you've got to remember there are more than 12 tribes. There was a symbolic number, the number that is necessary to get the job done. Okay. Right? Yep. okay to the apostles, how many were necessary to spread the gospel through the world 12 how right was to hold this up? again the symbolic number right. is 12 right and that says that everything that is necessary to get the job done god has provided uh, that's the bottom line but i mean dennis makes a fair point but go to go to ephesians 2 ephesians 2 and verse 20 now um This is not necessarily um, metaphorical. This, well, I guess in a sense it might be, but he talks about us being fellow citizens and saints in the kingdom and all that. Having been built, now notice, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. That just makes me lean a little bit toward the one foundation. That, that, um, that we are living stones in, but would it do violence? No, it wouldn't do violence to say what, you're, what, what you indicated, Dennis, uh, because we're, we're dealing with symbolical language. But, um, but that, that's good. I, I'm glad, glad we brought that out. Um, but Ephesians 2 and verse 20, I think is almost a corollary or at least uh, a little bit uh, related to this. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its walls. Why would the angel need to measure this, this city for us? Right? Show the perfection, I like that, lads. I cut it once, measure it once, and then I wish I would measured it twice. Is that not the way to do it? That's not Never uh, Not You're right, you're right, Lance. Uh, the city is laid out in a square, the symmetry. Its length is as great as its breadth, and he measured the city with a reed, this measuring rod, I think, here again, symbolic for our little minds to understand the perfection and the beauty of this. And not only that, But the vastness, I think it's showing, is it exactly 1,400 miles? No, but the vastness of it. Um, And the city is 12,000 furlongs in length. The breadth and the height are all the same. 12,000 furlongs is 1,400 miles, the way we talk. We We don't deal in furlongs too much. I googled today from New Orleans, Louisiana to Sault Ste. Marie on, oh, was that Lake Huron? Lake, I believe it's Huron. Is not quite 1,400 miles. But it's close, 1,340 miles if I remember the number. So in our minds, New Orleans on the coast to the Great Lakes, to the far tip of the Great Lakes, Lake Huron, 1,320 or 1,340 miles. Not quite, for- is that vast for you and me to comprehend today? It, it really is. Well, that's just one side. Go 1,400 miles that way, go 1,400 miles that way. So here again, that's just for us to sort of have a picture of the beauty and the vastness of heaven. And he measured its wall. Now, somebody be sure to explain to me about this angel thing here in a second. <clears throat> then he measured its wall. 144 cubits, about 216 feet, something like that. According to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. I've seen all those words before, I've never seen them strung together like that. This is, on most people, this is 18 inches. The forearm out here is 18 inches. Has anybody measured the forearm of an angel lately? I don't know, but if you went on this um, 144 cubits times 18, somebody, I think it's 216 feet. I didn't write that down, but is that right? Okay, now that's the thickness of the wall. Some say it's the height of the wall. To me the context kinda of demands it's the thickness of a wall. 216 feet. A football field is 300 feet long. So that's a little over two-thirds of the football field. So that would take you down somewhere around the 25-yard line if you started. Is that a thick wall? Oh my, that's a thick wall. What What does that mean? Literally 206, no, what does it mean? Security protection. Security and protection. Now, he's he's got an angel at each of the gates. He's going to need those. Nobody's coming in. He goes on to say, there's no night there. There's no night there. God's his light. So we can see the vastness of it. Now, the construction of its wall was of jasper. They were back to that again. And if we go with the 12 foundations, and we can. That's fine with me the jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. Um, we talked about the gold already. It's, um, it's far from clear. It's far from clear. Pure gold like glass. What, what, what precious stone is, it looks like glass when light shines on it? A diamond. Probably one of the most precious, if not the most precious stone on the planet, is a diamond. Some say that that's probably that could mean that you know that that this it's so it's as pure and clear as a diamond. I don't know, Lance. One of the things that's always amazed me about God's creation is you take a carbon molecule, you get powder of it, it's black. Yeah, and, and to make a diamond, what does it have to be under pressure? pressure. pressure. got to be under a lot of pressure to, to be a diamond. You see any analogy with us? Oh my, we got to get going. Uh, Sorry. To make it, no, it's all good. To, to make a diamond, uh, we've got to be under a lot of pressure. We are for us to come out the other side crystal clear, so to speak. Uh, The foundations of the wall were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. Jasper, sapphire, chalcedony, emerald, sardonyx, sardius, chrysolite, beryl, topaz, chrysophase, uh, hyacinth, hyacinth, and the twelfth is amethyst. Look up those colors. There's purple, blue, red, light yellow, gold, cream color, red, green, and then there's a, there's a light green, a light green, the darker green. Now, now we can understand that. I a Go ahead. Did, did, has anyone compared this to what was in the, ephod the high or just... Yes, I did. There, there are s- several of these in the ephod and in the breastplate. I don't think so, but a lot of these stones are in that breastplate of righteousness, that breastplate and also the ephod. Yes, that's a a valid point. I studied that two weeks ago, but I didn't check it uh, this week. But yes, perfect question. It's a really good question. Uh, The 12 gates are 12 pearls. I did a little calculation. If the gates, in in our mind, symbolism is 216 feet high, That's 200 feet high, 100 feet wide. No, 200 feet wide, 100 feet high. They, to be one pearl in each of those gates would be more than the gross domestic product of the world, the value of that. Now, we know, here again, symbolism, I get it. But we, and there's 12 of them. We see really quickly the beauty of this place and the value of this place and the value of being there. What would you give up, Jesus asked that question, what would you give up, not not to go there? Is the world worth it? One of these gates is more valuable than this whole world. You can't can't miss it, we just can't miss it. So whatever we have to get rid of in our lives, get rid of it, it's not worth it. And the street of the city was pure gold. Street, singular, Well, I thought we'd all live on cul de sacs, (laughs) on multiple streets. And I'll see my neighbor maybe in a year or two. I don't know, there's going to be so many of us there. Facetious. Street of gold. What could that imply? I know Sean's going to say, dude, you're getting a little thin out there on this one. Well, could be, could be. Street of gold. We're going to know each other, I mean we're going to, it's one street, so to speak. Here again, this is symbolism, I get it. Um, well, with the three minutes to go I'm going to have to move, I'm sorry, I wish we could talk a little bit more about that. I saw no temple in it, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. What did God explain really quickly in 1 Kings 8 in verse 27 about building him a temple? You can paraphrase. I'm not going to fit in that temple. Come on. You build me a temple, and I'm going to give you the pattern to do it, but I'm bigger than that temple. We see it in Acts 7, Acts 17, and other places. So the temple... The beauty of the temple. And it was beautiful, wasn't it, Lance? It was a, had a pattern for it. It was a beautiful place with a lot of this gold and silver overlay and so forth. <clears throat> that God is the temple. It has no need of sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminates it. And the nations of those who are saved walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. The gate shall not be shut at all by night. <clears throat> I'm sorry, by day. But there shall be no night there. Remember Joshua? When the spies went into to, to the land there in, in Jericho. And if you go to Joshua 2 and verse 5, what did they do with the gates at dusk? They closed them. Closed them, locked them, barred them. We don't want anything coming in here slipping up at night. Well, not going to be any night there, and the gates are not going to be closed. Well, that implies the, the perfectness, the safety of being there. And then he goes on to say, not going to be anything that makes a lie, that's an abomination. And we go back up to uh, verse 8, the liars and the sorcerers and adulterers, not going to be there. Only the ones written in the Lamb book of life. In 1 John 3 and verse 2, keep in mind, symbolism, but that's all we can understand. We couldn't understand it if he spoke to us in spiritual terms. Right now, someday we will. This same John in 1 John 3 and verse 2 said, It's not been revealed yet what we shall be, but we shall be like him. Is that good enough for you? It's good enough for me. Even his best friend on the earth, the Apostle John, who wrote John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and this, did not know what he was going to be like or what we're going to be like. But it was good enough for him to say, it's okay with me, as long as I'm like him and where he is. Uh, Questions or comments in the last literally one minute? Comforting chapter? Should be. Comforting the first century Christians? Definitely. Don, close us out. The word pure, gold, the Greek word there is clear. Mm-hmm. Clear gold. Like clear crystal. In other words, you can't see inside that gold. Right. But you can see inside the crystal. It's just as pure as that crystal. There you go. We were at Lake Tahoe a few weeks back, and the weather was very bad. It was cold, uh, 29 degrees at night, windy, couldn't get out on the lake. But they, we were, somebody asked, or somebody said they were reading something about Lake Tahoe. I want to say you can see down 100 feet. It's, it was that clear. Now that day with all the waves, you couldn't see very deep. But the depth, the clearness, well, that's kind of the picture we get with this goal that it's just going to be like we're looking down into it. It's polished to such a high, high luster. And keep in mind, last point here, God never exaggerates the truth.